This is Plus Money Golf on the Patriot Sports Network. A golf betting podcast that's better than most. What he said. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. And now, here are your hosts, Adam, Smitty, and Eric. Good morning. Welcome to Plus Money Golf on the Patriot Sports Network, the show with the pro and the caddy. That would be Adam and Smitty. My name is Eric. I'm just the host. Big comeback for Rory in the Tour Championship at East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia. He was down six when he woke up on Sunday morning, and then Scotty fell off on the back nine. And this is not the first time he's done that, if I recall. Wild Sunday, though. I didn't think with uh, with how they staggered the scoring it would be fun, but this event absolutely delivered. And don't forget, we have the reality series coming up, which is going to be excellent. I mean, the timing is perfect on that. This was the most tumultuous year in the history of pro golf, if I had to guess. I'm brand new to the golf game, but this seemed like a wild one. Back to McElroy, though. This was, what, win number 30 for him? Does this cement his legacy in any way, Adam? Yeah, I mean, he's done something Tiger won't ever be able to do. Tiger won't ever be able to win another tour championship, in my opinion, because he won't play enough events to even qualify. The only way Tiger would ever get in the tour championship again is if he won, you know, like all four majors in a year, which would be impossible. He's not going to play enough events to ever get in that, so Rory's pretty much set a record that nobody can beat, you know, which is nice. And he mentioned that. He's like, I fi-, he said it was a race, and now I've finished the race. So he's basically said Tiger's done with the with the tour championship chances, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, Father Time is undefeated. Smitty, does this change how you look at Rory McIlroy? He did burn us a couple times this year. I mean, I think so. He he did a nice. Uh, he just did enough, I guess, and was was strong for the the latter part of the weekend. You know, I mean, he was kind of. It's kind of like the analogy of the tortoise versus the hare, right? And like Scotty was the hare and came out fire in the beginning of the year, and he kind of filtered out and fizzled out a little bit, and just wasn't consistent enough down the stretch to really get it done. And you know, and Rory, he kind of has just been there, pretty much every tournament that he was in, and and. He made it. He made it count in the end, and that's ultimately what matters to to win that uh, big purse there. You know, so I mean, his his pockets are full after leaving that weekend. I know that doesn't matter too much as much to him um, as he stated throughout this entire live process and everything. But you win what is it, twenty seven million dollars this year? Yeah, on tour, that's that's pretty big time, and so he's got to be pretty pumped about that, and he's turning some heads there. So yeah, I th- I'm I'm. Uh, I, w- I was already a big fan of him already, but yeah, I think it does definitely help his legacy. Legacy when you when you once he's all said and done and, and moves on from from the game of golf, which is not going to be for a long time either yet. So I mean, he is the tiger. He's carrying the tour basically, and he's getting guys to stay and he's getting guys to want to play, and that's what they need. Right, and it's no secret, right, that who's he been really tight with as of late, Tiger. Well, yeah, but like it's been very documented as of late. I feel like yeah, yeah. it's been more public, and and that whole that whole thing is really good too for the game of golf. And that Tiger, you can kind of tell, is like passing the torch on to to Rory. Say, hey, you know, you need to keep this thing rolling the way it should be. To him and JT, I think. Well, JT's the same. And if you watch the end, where you know Scotty Scheffler's parents and his wife came over and hugged Rory and. Rory said Scotty deserved to win because he had such a good year. And 
his dad, his parents are just like solid gold. They were like, no, you played good. And even JT came over and was like, dude, that's, that was a unbelievable round. So, I mean, I think everybody cheers for Rory, even the players do, but the, the core guys seem to be a lot tighter now with the live stuff and for them to convince Cam, Cam Young to not go just this week, convincing him to not go to live. That's pretty huge. I mean, obviously you could tell by Cam Smith's play and the very little TV coverage he got that they already knew he was on his way out. And Mm -hmm. like today we had six guys go to live between Annabelle Lahiri, Mark Leishman, Joaquin Neiman, Cam Smith, Cameron Tregali, and Harold Varner. Um, And then Bubba Watson, I guess, is playing this week. He had a post where he's headed there this week, so I'm guessing he's playing this week. Tregali's gone? I was just starting to like that guy. You know that dude's like... I listened to another podcast where they were talking about like that guy. I don't think he has maybe one win or something. He's like, that guy's just one of the guys that's out there on tour, just making money. And I looked it up. I actually went through and figured out the world ranking for every player that's on live right now. It's surprisingly bad. Even with Cam Smith being two, still the average world golf ranking for the entire tour is 326. So you have supposedly 68 of the best golfers and their world ranking average is 326 that says nothing for your tour if you get overall world golf rankings they only have like 21 guys i think in the top 100 on their tour and those guys all have red arrows when you go to overall world golf ranking because they're all dropping and that's why they're joining yeah yeah but everybody makes a big huge deal about sergio and all these guys it's like sergio 74 in the world you know, Abraham answers 24 before Cam Smith joined DJ was the lowest at, at 22 Joaquin Neiman's 19. So they have like basically four guys in the top 25, which isn't great stats. I mean, but I mean, they are, as things move forward, I will say like the quality has gone up of the guys that they're starting to attract a little bit more, I think. And you know, it's funny, like you were talking about all those numbers, right? I, I just read a stat a little bit ago and um a big it was a it was a headline, right, that Live Golf now has on their tour twelve of the last twenty six major winners. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that, yeah. And I was I kind of chuckled at that and I was like, Okay. Like I see the angle that they're going for, right? You know, I mean, they're looking at the history. But they're not the best players. Trying to right, they're not. But that that's what they're they're trying. Like we've talked about before, they're trying to get people. They're trying to portray portray themselves in a way that the average golf fan is going to say, "Hey, that's pretty sweet. That's pretty good. Let me jump on. Let me jump on and start watching that then, because that's good golf too. That's yeah. that's what they're doing. Like that's their business model, really. I mean, you think about it. But if you have major winners who don't contend in majors anymore. How many of those guys actually contended in the last, besides Cam Smith? Okay, so take him out because he hasn't played. But if you take him out in the last 12 majors, none of those guys have even got close to contending. I mean, you and I know that. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to sell it as we have the best players, but. The average person sees names they recognize and they think, oh, these guys got it together. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, they're just trying to gather. Yeah, nine of the top 10 are playing this week and only one is gone. Um, you know, you have to go way down the list to get any quality players on the live. And I think these guys are just going to keep, they're going to end up not playing. So if you're playing with guys that are not as good as you, you play to their level. So let's say 
they don't get to play majors this year and they're going to let them next year or two years from now and they finally get enough where they can get in. Well, if you have 65 guys who have been playing against 65 other guys that aren't that good and then they go play in a tour event where you have the best of the best at the top of their game, these guys aren't even going to make cuts. And we've seen like... Like we've said, the scoring every week has been lower, like historically lower than every event's been two to three strokes lower scoring. So that's just going to progress as we keep going. None of these guys that I see on this list, besides maybe one or two guys, could take it 20 deep multiple weeks in a row. There wasn't one of those guys in that tournament or in this on this list that would have beat or come close to beating Rory or Scotty this week. And Cam Smith was their poster child. And what, I mean, he didn't do anything. Do you think, though, that this was all just, you know, going through the motions, trying to get through, get his paycheck for whatever he was going to get, and then move on, right, type thing? I mean... Yeah, why wouldn't you? But the thing is, at the same time, I mean, 640 grand that's pennies compared to where, like, if he's playing at the top of his game, he could have, you know, could have been up towards three to six million dollars. Yeah, but I have noticed that their tone is changing. Since Pat Perez came out and did his, like, apology letter... And now the guys that are going to live have said nothing about the tour, not not like except for Tringali thanked all the tour people, thanked all the volunteers, basically saying he's never coming back to the tour. But some of these guys just have refused to say anything about the tour. I don't know if it's for legal matters, but they haven't made any kind of like half-hearted apology. Listen, I can I can say that I I can say for myself, like I have a little bit of I think I think I I respect um, HV three for saying yeah I'm hey, going man, for the like, money I I'm literally I'm not gonna you know he's not gonna lie about it he's just straight up he's like listen man this is too financially gaining for myself to not take it right and he explained that there's a lot of things that I'm doing within my life and some different programs that I want to continue to build and this helps kind of accelerate that a little bit and like I've said before too is it's like I don't I don't hate guys for wanting to do yeah. that I really don't you know it is what it is and. Was Harold Varner ever going to come and contend in a, in a major? Is he really going to contend in a you know in a tour? We've championship? seen him fold up like three or four times when yeah. he had the lead. So he, for him, that's the best move he could have made. It's like playing against lesser competition. It's like, it's almost like I compare it to, let's say, teams in that are going to the SEC versus like well the Lincoln Riley situation. It's like do I really want to go play against the SEC or would I rather go play the Pac-12 where I could win? It's the same thing. It's like, you're not, if you don't feel like you can beat the best, why not go down to the next step down? And Right. Well, and, and I think that these guys, these guys are so business driven today too. Oh yeah. There's, you know what I mean? So like they're thinking a lot different than guys 20 years ago are thinking about golf, right? And, or just professional sports in general, right? Like these guys are their own entity, correct? And they are sitting here saying, this is my own personal business. I am my own personal business. And if they're not making as much money as they could potentially be making, then they're going to make a business decision. And that's what these guys are doing. And like for people to be hating on them because like, oh, you sold out. Well, yeah. You know what? I'm sorry, but fuck that. Like they can do whatever they want to do. Yes, but these, like these guys can do whatever they want. But there's guys that like want to win tournaments and the the money like Tigers always said, if you win, the money will be there. But you you have guys like Tringali that are just grinding every week, playing twenty, twenty-five events. Like it's easy money. Like, why not? You know, it's like 
LeBron going down to play in the rookie league. It's the same thing. Like if you want to look good, just go play against guys that aren't as good. Like the competition's not going to be as steep every week. Do we know anything about money that they're getting yet or not? They're not saying anything about money anymore since they're in the court thing. And I think that's just getting worse and worse. It's just interesting because it's like, well, you know, what is the deal on these guys' contracts? You know, are are they going to, are they changing for the better because of things that have happened in the recent past or what the deal is there? That's what I'm interested to see. I just want to know how, like if 68 guys have contracts that say they have to play 14 events, but only 54 get to play. So there's 15 guys that sit out every week. How, how do you get your money? You don't, you can't. I thought I saw a couple guys that was like, well, who's going to be, who's going to be out? And I thought there was a couple guys that were going to be playing on the European tour this, this, uh, this week. So there was like, well, I guess, I guess that answers part of the question. Yeah. I mean, they, they did give the Asian tour $300 million last week to be able to get their guys in the Asian tour events. Cause apparently the Asian tour is not affiliated with DP or PGA. And if you're the Asian tour and you need people to come out and watch, and you need money to keep your tour going, like, okay, sure, give us 300 mil, yeah, we'll, and we'll support you for overall world golf rankings, but until they meet the criteria for overall world golf rankings, they're not going to ever get those. And I, I did see a quote, I took a picture of it, because it was from the AP News, and it said that the amended complaint in law, Live Golf argued that without a favorable ruling, its ability to maintain a meaningful competitive presence in the market will be destroyed. So if they flo- basically... The way I understand that is if your course court case doesn't work out and you're stuck playing your own events in the Asian tour, you'll just drop off. But I mean, I don't know how many world golf ranking points there are at an Asian tour event. Like if you bring all 68 guys with your 326 world golf ranking average to their tour, like it'll help a little bit. But if it's on the opposite weekend of say the players or the Arnold Palmer, they're going to get very minimal points. So their guys are going to have an opportunity to maintain some overall world golf rankings. But if I'm Brooks Kepka, I'm not going to enjoy going to play 14 Asian tour events just to keep my overall world golf ranking. Plus the other 14 events you got to play or however many you need to keep playing to keep maintaining your points. Who wants to spend three weeks in Singapore? I don't know. I just think that it, I just think that it, nothing the guys that are leaving like really don't care about the prestige of the PGA tour and like the different trophies yeah. they get to raise above their head. Right. Like they're literally worried about money. Right. So like I'm looking at some of the, the earnings list from this year and, and official monies. Right. Like, so like Cam Smith finished, like this is just the PGA tour. Right. So they, he finished second and made $10.1 million. Pretty good year. Right. $4 million behind, behind Scotty. And then you got, and then you have the next guy that comes up here is um, is Neiman. He's at 16th, and he made five million dollars. So right away, the next guy there, yeah, five million. But you know, you know, he's making at least double that going to live. Yeah. So for sure, I just, I'm telling you, I, I just, I don't know if I was put. I don't know that if I were put in that situation, that I, I, I could turn that down. I just don't know that I could. I think you have to be. There's two different kinds of players. There's guys who just want money and there's guys who want the trophies, the guys who want history and they want to be part of something. You know, like I personally thought Phil never really wanted to be part of history. He obviously did, wanted to win all four majors to say he had, but he never really seemed to embrace it like Tiger 
All he cared about was winning those majors and breaking Jack's record. Phil never had any grandiose dreams about being the all-time winning person or breaking uh, Jack's records. He never ever mentioned that. And Tiger, that's all he cared about. So you take two guys like that and one, Phil is clearly driven by money only, like he always has been. And then you have Tiger who just wants to win the trophies. But yeah, if you look at the list of all the guys on there, P. Reed, money driven, there's not many guys on there that really care about winning trophies. I mean, they're all money driven. And you look at the, let's say the top 10, I think sometimes, but I think it's how you grow up. But a guy like Tringali, he only, he played 29 events and he won $3 million. That's because he sucks. I know. I'm just saying like he literally played 29 events and you only won three, three mil. How do you market a guy that played 29 events and won three mil? I don't know. But again, yeah, you just can't fault these guys for taking the money. How much does it cost a guy to play 29 events? Oh, geez, you're probably talking a million easy, maybe a million and a half. So half the money. It's crazy. Yeah. Half the money. Plus he has taxes. He's got an agent. He's got a caddy. He probably broke even for the year. I mean, he probably had some sponsor monies for some top fives, but yeah, he probably broke even for the year. I mean, Neiman played 24 events. You know, we're like, Rory played 16. Four out of 16. That's a pretty good win percentage. I think that... At some point, as a player, you just realize, I can't win anymore. Like everybody, as a good player, you just have to sit down and think, okay, am I ever going to have a chance to win again? And you think, probably not. Then that's when you say, okay, now it's about the money. And that those guys probably sat down with their people and like that's literally what, what happened. But I mean, like Jordan Spieth, Hovland, Tony Finau... Justin Thomas, Max Homa, Xander Shoffley, all those guys know they can still win. Like they know they can win. Brooks Kepka, a lot of injuries. Bryce DeChambeau, a lot of injuries. Charles Howell, three wins out of 200 and whatever, 200 something events or 600 something events. It's deciding to play in the XFL. Yeah. If I'm Charles Howell, my career's over. I'm like second all time tour events played. I'd probably take the money. You don't need the tour. You're never going to make majors again. He hasn't played in a major in quite some time. Yeah. With this new deal that the PGA rolled out for the players, is it still going to cost them out of pocket to fly and enter and so forth? It will, but those extra events that they're going to have on Monday nights in stadiums, those will just be like, they probably get paid to come to those. It's like, if you get invited and you're... I just saw a brief like 30 second video about it. Yeah, Rory said that him and Tiger have been working on it for two years with the PJ Tour. So it's like, the way they explained it is, basically they hit into a simulator. Wherever the ball goes, proximity to the hole, then they'll place it on the green, on this big, huge putting green that's like the whole stadium. And then they'll play a short game from there, which is a great idea because it's going to bring Tiger to the masses. Like, who wouldn't go, you know, who wouldn't want to go to Cowboy Stadium or to Miller Field and watch Tiger play for two hours environment where you can sit in a chair, don't have to move. You can drink beer, you know, you're in and out. That might just be crazy enough to work. This sounds It's essentially awesome. like top golf, but then they're going to have yeah. putting. So it'll be like, who wouldn't want to go watch Tiger in a closed atmosphere like that? It's going to be awesome. Or watch Tiger play Rory or JT or just Jordan Spieth or Scotty Scheffler. And you don't have to walk the course with them. You can sit there. Yeah. Yeah, every hole, every stroke you're going to be able to wager on. That um, Jake Paul better is going to be all over that. 
It's going to be super cool. I think it's going to start next year. It's going to be like Monday nights. I don't know if it's during the winter or... Dude, that's going to rope in the casuals like crazy. It said sometimes like on the same time as Monday night football. So like maybe if you have like a West Coast Monday night football, you'll have like the golf thing on the hour or two hours before. So like from, I would assume from like six to eight, you watch the golf and then from eight to 10, 30 or 11, you watch the football. Or if it's like an East Coast game, you watch football and then go right to golf. This is what Liv should have done. Idiots they should have figured out whole something. <laughs> it sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, to be able to go and see players like that close. I mean, you think how close you can get like at a ballpark or a football stadium. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, you don't have to walk from hole three to four. To... Yeah. Or do people, I've never been to a big lot. golf event. Do people camp out on a hole or do they follow their guy around? Um, a lot of people just camp out. Like that's what I used to do. I'll find some hole that's like off where you can see maybe like <clears throat> an approach into a green and then a tee shot on the next hole or like a hit, you know, like in the fairway middle between two fairways or something where you can see every player like out away from where the grandstands are. So just kind of get out there. I'm going to have to learn all this stuff. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Waste management or the John Deere next. That waste management is wild. (laughs) That's every year I I see. I think that's going to be changed up this year. It's not going to be as rowdy anymore. No, I think after last year they've got to do something to tone it down some. Golf, damn it! I could see them putting glass up to where they can't throw stuff onto the onto the course. You know, like hockey, pretty much. Because I think those hospitality areas have roof on them, so they could just wall it off. You know, it's Arizona. They can just air condition it. So how long till we have more golf? When is there more golf to bet on? So currently this, right now they're in the middle of Q school and the web.com final. Um, so the first event coming up September 15th, um, that's the Fortinet championship at Silverado in California. And then we go from there to the president's cup and then Sanderson farms. And then we're into like kind of the staple events like Shriners, Zozo. And then we get a couple of other ones that are just like Mayakoba is a huge tournament in November. Um, RSM is a huge tournament in November. And then we have December 1st, we get December, which is Hero, which is Tiger's tournament in the Bahamas. It's, it's his tournament that's an invite. So you're going to have like 20, 15 to 20 guys that he invites. So you'll have Ricky, uh, Jordan, JT, all the guys that have houses down there. And they'll be playing this course for a couple months leading up. Oh, this is where these guys play. Like when they have weeks off, they'll go to the Bahamas and play. It's a private club. It's, it's awesome. So it's at Albany golf club in the Bahamas. That must be where I saw Pat McAfee golfing with Scotty Pippen a couple years ago at that charity golf tournament. Like they'll go out there and play like you'll see occasionally JT and them will post videos where they're just down there for the weekend and they're playing like no shirt, no shoes, hat backwards, just going off. So it's basically like having a party, you know, like having a golf tournament, your second home. So, but yeah, we should see some more unfold on all this live golf and the new Tiger Rory PJ tour Monday night venture and all that then the next, you know, over the winter. So. It's going to be good. Yeah, I don't think we're going to I don't think we're going to lack things to talk about. So, there's a live event this week, so I might try to watch a little bit to see how exciting or how shitty it is. So, I'll try to keep an open mind as I watch it on Facebook 
because um, I don't know that there's any other way to watch it. They got to do something about that. <laughs> you can flip between Live Golf and your local high school football game right there on Facebook, you know, together. Yeah, but if nobody wants to pick you up on TV, that's all you got, man. Yeah. Yeah. You think with that much money you could afford to buy a network to put your thing on. Are the American networks just refusing because of where the money's coming from? Uh, I think they don't want to risk their chances of getting a major because... Oh, yeah, you'll be blackballed by the PGA. The viewership for the Masters and all that, it's insanity. Like, the money that generates. So, why would you want to risk it if you're Fox or FS or USA? A lot of these companies are locked in to multi-year contracts already, and then their partner networks keep them from doing stuff. So, ESPN, Hulu's looped in with ESPN, who has the tour and the majors and USA and all those channels, so... They got a good thing going. They don't need to hop in the tricked out Honda Civic with neon lights No, that the live tournament is. So yeah, we'll have lots to talk about. And then I guess next week we can get into some college football too. So that works. So we've got that starting. We'll fill the voids with some college football. It'll yeah. be uh plus money golf off season or lost tapes or yeah. Slash uh big 12, big 10, Ohio state minus 17 and a half. If it wasn't Ohio State, I just can't put money on them. I put money on the uh, St. Louis Cardinals a couple days ago and lost, and that just burns when you bet a team you hate and you lose. Yeah, that hurts That hurts extra for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to bet college football the first week on those big game matchups because everybody's got new squads. They ha- You haven't seen anybody. Like You don't know how good they are until you actually see them line up. And even then, we yeah. don't know till week three or four how actually good they are. Yeah, that's the thing. You're so, dealing with kids who were the best in their high school, the best in their general air, metro area, and one of them is going to be a car salesman, and the other one's going to go to four Pro Bowls. You know, yeah. you got to block this guy. So we're going to find some things out. Yeah, and college football so, yeah, is wild. Be interesting. Yeah, I just want to say something on that. Like, did anybody watch College Game Day on Saturday? Are you going to talk about how? They're still rolling Lee Corso out there, and it's abuse at this point. It's like elder abuse. It was really, really hard to watch. I watched it yesterday because I'd seen all the videos, and I was like, I want to see what they say about some of these teams just so I know a little bit about some of the teams I don't care about normally. It's so sad to watch. Like I know in regular game day, they try to only have him on there for like the very end and the very first. They don't let him do anything in the middle. But... Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy doesn't know what he's talking about half the time. It's just, it's, it's really sad to watch. Didn't he say an SEC team wasn't going to win the SEC? Like, and yeah. he was such a, he is such a staple and an icon of college football and the pregame. It's almost, it is religion for a lot of people, college football. You know, it's a whole experience, yeah. and he's very much part of that whole two hours leading up to the games. And now you're trotting this beloved old man out there making us watch him fall apart and it's mean <laughs> it's mean to us and to him i mean i noticed the last few years they don't they tried to limit his time on tv because he doesn't know what he's saying or it's just total chaos so i think this year i would almost bet they show him like the first five minutes go to commercial and then we don't see him till we're doing headgear pick and they're not going to let him pick teams you know like he normally does. 
Yeah, maybe they'll try to script something for him. Yeah, help him out. You know, even on Twitter where everybody's horrible, nobody's making jokes. They're just saying, get him off the TV, guys. What are you doing? Let's end on a high note. How much money did you guys win? Yeah, how'd we do this week? I won, I think, 48 and Smitty was up 100. Hells yeah, that'll so work. He had, he, had, he had Rory as winner with and without strokes, which I gave him grief for. And then <laughs> I picked him without yeah. strokes, but I said, you're going to take Rory at plus 750, giving up six shots as opposed to him starting dead because even I knew it was at 900. Sure thing, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't, did Taryn play this week? Because I didn't I see it, him. Because the entire... <laughs> nah, he... He was uh he was in a tryout for Liv. <laughs> Didn't make the cut. <laughs> no nope. screening process. <laughs> Whatever. I officially picked Rory when I needed to. Yeah, that's exactly. true. I'll give you that. They're playing Thursday this week. I think it's it's been bouncing around between twenty and a half and twenty one and a half. Is it in Stillwater? I'm guessing, right? I'd probably say they they cover, um, but I need to see them in action because they showed a lot of cards last year in those last few games that they don't normally do. And towards the end, I think people are going to pick up on that. And I don't see them doing as well this year in the big 12 as they did last year, just because they're going to have kind of this every seems like every few years when they have the same old, same old players and they're like the key targets, that's when people really pick them apart. And, you know, if you show all that stuff in one year, the next year, it's kind of open season, the same that I think will happen to Caleb Williams this year. And if people are picking him to win the Heisman, they should really recheck themselves because people have 10 games of tape to watch him now, as opposed to last year when you had zero tape anywhere to watch him play. And you have the same head coach. It's not like he transferred to a new system. He's got the same coach, same arm, same horrible defense that they had at Oklahoma. They drug out West. Thank God. So I would like to see, you know, Oklahoma State do well, but not too well this year. Yeah, even though it's a political award, I don't see Caleb Williams getting it. This is going to be their last chance to win the real Big 12 when you have two, you know, great teams in there. And after this, that's going to be, they'll probably win every single year. That's going to be, yeah, it's going to be them and Baylor the next 12 years after this year going head to head for the Big 12 championship. Maybe Cincinnati gets in there a few times, but yeah, and it's really going to hurt them. They're going to be able to go undefeated several times and gets, you know, bumped out of that top four or five pick every year because of that. Whoever wins the Big 12 the few years after the Oklahoma leaves, it'll be, well, Oklahoma wasn't in there. After about five, six years, it'll probably go away. Well, I mean, they won like seven in a row and then they didn't make it last year. So it's going to be interesting, but it's really going to hurt the Big 12's like power rankings in the conferences comparison because you don't have two you know, powerhouse teams in there. So it'll be good. And then, you know, Nebraska's coach will probably get fired in three weeks. So that'll be something to talk about. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's going to be some axes swinging. People already want Scott Frost on a platter. If they get so, blown out by Oklahoma at, at Lincoln, he'll be gone before Oklahoma gets on the plane and leaves. It's, it's, uh, I'd have to look. I think it's Oklahoma's third game. So it'd be like mid September. Oh, they're going to be humming by then. Oh, circle that. Yeah, that's a bad. That's yeah, going to be a in Lincoln. Bad day. It's going to be awesome because Oklahoma has a whole year of tape on. I mean, Casey Thompson did nothing against Oklahoma when he was at Texas, and that was a better team than Nebraska. So it's going to be 
open season for that, that kid too, which is strange that a kid that stad was the star at Oklahoma goes to Texas and then goes to Nebraska, which was their two biggest games. I mean, if he transfers to Oklahoma State next year, it'll be, you know, he'll have the whole gamut. <laughs> yep. That could happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's realistic, and that's some full circle shit right there. It could happen for sure. But yeah, I don't know how you take a kid that was not a great, really a great quarterback in the Big 12 to the to the Big 10 and expect him to be like this breakout star. Like, that's that's a whole different style of defense he's got to play against. That's not yeah, spread defense. Actual. That's in your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not going to have to worry about the offense, but the defense is actual defense. Yeah. But I mean, if he can bring some big 12 offense to the big 10, then that's a whole different deal too. That'll blow minds. You complete a 40 yard pass. People will pass out in the stands at Camp Randall. They won't believe their eyes. It could happen. That's the thing, you know, like, which is going to be awesome to watch next year with the SEC. I mean, not so much Texas, but Oklahoma with the, just the way they play offense, you know, and now they're recruiting. Like, I think I saw the last 10 recruits they have for next year, all defensive recruits, like four and five stars. So that's what you got to do. They're definitely loading up for the SEC. So, yep. but yeah, basically pretend you're going to the NFL boys. All yeah. Right. Cause that's where I you're headed. Talk football all night, but we can't, we're going to wrap this thing at some point, but. Clearly, Adam knows his shit when it comes to college football, so tune into that. A little bit. Thank you, people, for listening. Thank you, Adam and Smitty, for all your hard work and for paying my bills the last month. We truly do appreciate it. If you haven't already, throw us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, whatever podcast app you use. It takes five seconds, and it does so much for us, I promise. It's a big deal on my end. Or you can tell somebody about the show. Get them into it. Real humans. We love those. You can find all things Patriot Sports and by extension, plus money golf on our beautiful and luxurious new website, PatriotSportsNow.com. Shout out literally Heather, who built it from literally the ground up. Also, we've got a Facebook group going as well and a TikTok page. We're fun for all ages. All right. We'll see you right back here next time for college football discussion. Adam, say something cool. That golfers say. Sex and golf are the two things you don't have to be good at to enjoy. Thanks for listening to Plus Money Golf. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with the show on Facebook and Instagram at Plus Money Golf and on Twitter at PSR Golf. Until next time.